0: Thanks for listening to the Greenery Church Podcast. For more information, head to greenery.org.au or follow us on social media at The Greenery Church. Today we are going to do a practical prayer assignment. I want to start off with reading to you a verse from John 15. Now these are the words of Jesus. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. How's that going for you in your life and in your prayer life? I think there's lots of times that you pray for something and it isn't done for you. I can think of prayers way back from when I was a child where what I really wanted didn't happen. Then I think of prayers for when I was a child and It actually did happen. When I was a child, my youngest brother was really sick. He was in hospital for three months and doctors told us he would die. I had this feeling in my heart that he wasn't going to die and I prayed every night for my brother, Michael, and he didn't die. He survived wonderfully well. He's still thriving today. What's the difference? You know, when you have these prayers that aren't answered and these prayers that are, are answered, and sometimes it's very confusing. For some of us, we continue to pray. For some people, they uh, they give up on prayer. And so I want to have a look at this today. What does it actually mean to, to come to God in prayer? Because Jesus is saying here, it's to his Father's glory that we pray and see God do things because it enables us to bear much fruit and it shows that we are his disciples. So today I'd like you to start off by thinking of something that you would really like to pray about or you are praying about. It's something that's on your heart and mind all the time. It might be for yourself. It might be for another person. It might be for provision. It might be for some particular situation. And I would love you to get that in your mind now as we we go through this. And I want to look at three aspects of coming to God in prayer, which are incredibly important. Firstly, I want you to imagine that you're coming to a table And you've got God, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit sitting around the table and you are invited in to their conversation. You're invited to sit at the table. It's a beautiful banqueting table. You're invited to feast with the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. What's more, you're invited to listen to their conversation. We hear all the time as we read the scriptures that Jesus often went on a hillside, spent even the whole night praying, talking with the Father. Jesus wasn't just there with a list of things. He was there in in this conversation, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And now you are invited into the conversation. And so there's three people around the table, plus yourself, so there's four. And your relationship with each of those persons of the Godhead really determine how you come in prayer. Sometimes we rush to prayer in fear and anxiety and worry, and that's really more Not so much prayer, but just like our hearts searching for God, saying, where are you, God? So now I invite you to be still. And we're going to go on this little this exercise, this little journey together. Firstly, sitting at the table is the Father. And who the Father is and how he sees you is so important as you come to prayer. Because Jesus said, whatever you ask for, it will be done for you. So there is a way of coming to God and hearing him and seeing answers to our prayers. So you're in relationship with the Father is incredibly important. Let's have a look at these verses from Romans, which tell you a lot about who God is and how he sees you. How he sees you is incredibly important, but you have to know who who he is. So it says in Romans 8, 14 to 17, So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba Father. For his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. And since we are his children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. So he has adopted you and we don't come to him with fear. We come to him and we say, Abba, Father. And Abba is is like a way of saying Daddy. And sometimes we think we've grown up and we're sophisticated, so we, we don't have that childlike relationship. But Jesus says, unless you come as a child, you will never inherit my kingdom. So we need to explore what it means to come to him as a as a, a daddy, as someone who loves and cares for us. The, the difference between coming as adult and as a child is when we come as a child, we are totally dependent upon him. My dad, I remember once when I'd grown up and I was a mother, he came up and he gave me a hug and he said, my little girl. And my kids looked up and said, little girl? She's not a little girl. And my dad said, she may be your mother, but she's always my little girl. And I believe it's totally the same with your relationship with the Father. You may have grown up and he may have given you immense responsibility in the world. You may be a leader in, in something, in your home, your family, your community, your work. You may have great responsibility of people, of staff, of finances, of children, but to the Heavenly Father, you are his child and he loves to long to look after you and to care for you. What's more, not only are you his child, you are his heir, and you are his heir who will share in the glory of Christ. Secondly, with your relationship with the Father, we read, If God is for us, who can ever be against us? Since he did not spare even his own son but gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything else? Who dares accuse us whom God has chosen for his own? No one, for God himself has given us right standing with himself. God is for you. Therefore, because God is for you, no one can be against you. There's something about God being for you is that he always sees the good in you. And because he doesn't accuse you of anything, that something that I find extraordinary is that when God forgives you for your sins, the scriptures say he actually forgets them. Now, I I have a good memory of the things that I've done wrong. And sometimes I'm still so ashamed of myself for the things I've done wrong. But I was in in an interesting situation recently. I was um, being interviewed with my son, Josh. We were being interviewed about our relationship. So he is an adult and it was about how did we grow up to be, how did he grow up so that we could still be good friends. And so we're sitting there in front of a bunch of school kids and um and the person interviewing asked the question tell us when josh was no- about when josh was naughty so all the kids really wanted to hear this story about when josh was naughty when, when he was a boy and uh, and i like to talk and i usually can make things up on the spot if i need to but suddenly i sat there and i thought uh, i'm try- i'm trying to remember something that josh did naughty now of course he did things naughty because he was a kid but i suddenly had i couldn't remember them and i turned to josh and i said you can, you can share something. And so he shared something. I thought, oh, that's right. I do remember when he did that. But the thing is, I forgot. Now, as I went home, I kept thinking about that. And I felt God say to me, you forgot what he did because you just see him as amazing. And God said, so how much more do you think I forget what you've done? Because when you've brought it to me, I wash it away. I don't accuse you of anything. I see you as amazing. That is what your heavenly father is like. If I, as an imperfect parent, am like that with my kids, how much more is your heavenly father like that for you? And it says in Romans 8 again about the father, and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose for them. For God knew his people in advance, and he chose them to become like his son so that his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. So I'd invite you, as we start to pray together, is to to close your eyes for a moment and close your eyes and consider the Father. As you close your eyes, I want you to imagine your heavenly Father. Now, if you've had a difficult relationship with your earthly Father and that is clouding how you see this, I want you to consider deep in your heart what Father you yearn for because that is the Father he is to you. And close your eyes and say, Abba, Father. And just consider, God, you're sitting around this table, this beautiful banqueting table, and the Father is there and he looks at you and he loves you. He doesn't accuse you. You've brought your sins and your failures to him and he forgives you. He doesn't accuse you. He loves you. You don't need to be afraid. And as you say, Abba Father, just look and see, is there fear in my heart? Is there anything that would make me believe that God cannot work what I am going through now for good? Is there anything within me that would make me think God does not want to work everything together for good? And just lift it all to him and ask him to help you see him as this father who looks on you with delight and love. As you're sitting around this table, the Father is sitting next to the Son, Jesus. And it says this about Jesus sitting at this table Who then will condemn us? No one. For Christ Jesus died for us and was raised to life for us, and he is sitting in the place of honour at God's right hand, pleading for us. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry? Or destitute, or in danger, or threatened with death. No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. As you come to this place of prayer, one massive barrier in prayer can be that you feel condemned, you condemn yourself, or you condemn others, and you feel that there is something separating you from the love of Christ. That maybe the trouble that you're going through, you, you um, translate as being he doesn't really love me. Maybe um, you have a relationship breakdown, it translates as, he doesn't really love me. Maybe you're going through some financial hardship and you translate it as, he doesn't really love me. Maybe you've done something wrong and you're ashamed of yourself. But this passage assures us that sitting at the right hand of the Father is Christ Jesus who is pleading for us, some translations say ever interceding for us. He's always talking to God on your behalf, always talking to God on your behalf. And nothing can separate you from his love. So as you come to prayer, this is what you know. You know that you have the Father who loved you enough to send his Son to die for you. And as he died for you, he died in your place so that your sins could be forgiven, your sins could be washed away, and there would be no condemnation, and nothing now separates you from his love. And if there is anything in your mind that would make you believe that you are separated from his love, it's really a lie from the pit of hell. Nothing can separate you from his love. So take a moment now, close your eyes, and consider Jesus, the one who died for you and was raised from the dead. The one who in his hands are, st- are the scars from the nails. And there's nails, the scars from the nails remind you of how much he loved you. And he's sitting next to God pleading for you, interceding for you. Nothing can separate you from his love. And so close your eyes and, and ask yourself this. Do I condemn myself? Do I condemn others? Is there anything today that I believe is separating me from the love of God? And as you ask God to search your heart for that, find anything and bring it to him and ask him to wash that away and fill your heart and mind with the truth that he loves you just the way you are. So now we come to pray. This ha- this has been prayer, just coming into sitting in his presence, in his delightful presence. But now think of that thing that you were praying about. And the thing is to pray in the will of God is to hear how he would want you to pray. Firstly, to pray without fear, to pray without worry, to pray without condemnation, to pray knowing that God works all things together for good. The way that you have decided to pray before may not be the best way. So you're coming and you're asking the Holy Spirit, to help you now to pray. And so we know that we have the Father who loves you enough. He's sitting around this beautiful table and he invites you into his presence and he loves you enough to send his son to die for you. And the son died for you and rose again and sent the Spirit so that his presence could be personally with you. And his Holy Spirit is there. And it says in Romans 8, and the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for. That's interesting, isn't it? Sometimes we are convinced that we know what God wants us to pray for. But what we really know is what we think God should be doing in a situation. And we really want to come and say, God, this is what you should do. But this tells us that we don't know what God wants us to pray for. If we don't understand that he loves us and that we can trust him and nothing separates us from his love, we will get stuck on this one. That's why those first two areas are so important. You have to know His undying love for you. You have to know his faithfulness towards you. You have to know that he does not accuse you or condemn you, that there is no punishment coming towards you. And once you know that, you can trust in that he will work all things together for good and you can come confidently in prayer. And you can come confidently in prayer knowing that sometimes you don't even know what to pray for, but this is the exciting part. The Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father, who knows all hearts, knows what the Spirit is saying, for the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. So now we come to God with our prayer request. And we ask the Holy Spirit to speak to us. We say to the Holy Spirit, help us. How do you want me to pray in this situation? It may be, as I said before, for a person, or it might be for you, it might be for provision. But Father, how do you want me to pray in this situation? Because you are invited to this table where the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are praying for you, are helping you in this relationship in prayer. And you bring it to him. How do you want me to pray? And then when you you gets to the deepest needs of your heart, the the scriptures here say that we can pray with groanings within us. And groanings are something incredibly beautiful. It's like um, maybe a woman giving birth to a child that something beautiful is happening. But as you come to God with your groanings, it's like you're you're surrendering it all to him, laying it all at the table and trusting in his love. And so what I'm going to invite you to do now is to come to the Father, to bring it to him and say, how would you like me to pray about this? And if you get an answer of how you'd like to pray, I'd invite you to write it down. And if you don't, just present to God the deepest groanings of your heart. Lift it to him because he cares about the deepest recesses of your being. Just do that for a moment. Just lift everything up to God. Ask him how to pray and give him your heart. And finally, what I'd ask you to do is to continue to do this every day. And what what you can do is when you ask God how you can pray, if you hear him saying, pray for this, write it down. Write down what you believe God is saying as you come to him without fear, boldly into his presence, write down what he's saying to you and write it down and continue to pray it every day. Don't shift and change. Continue to pray it every day until you see God do something because he calls us to be persistent in prayer. So as we pray without ceasing, what we do is we come to him and we make sure that there is no fear, there is no worry because it will block our relationship with him. We come trusting that he works all things together for good and then we listen, we sit and listen what his Holy Spirit is saying to us. And when we pray like that, we are really praying in his will. If you know that what you are praying is lining up with the scriptures and what you are praying is lining up with his Holy Spirit, you will see him do extraordinary things in your life. And he is calling us to be people who pray. So just going back to the passage I read from John at the start, it says, if you remain in me. So remaining in me means that, and his words remaining in in you, means that you live perfectly in his love. Then you may ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. So this week, spend time, truly, when you come to pray, Don't go straight into asking. Spend time just being in the love of God, allowing him to search your heart, to rid you of anything that would prevent you from being perfectly in his presence. And as you do that, you will hear him speaking to you. You will hear his Holy Spirit speaking to you and how to pray will become very clear. And when you don't know how to pray, let those groanings come up from your heart. Write it down in your journal, and then as the answers come, write them down as well and be so thankful that God is working in you and through you. And as you do that, people will see that you truly are a follower of Jesus, you truly are his disciple, because through you, he wants to bring his power and his love into the world. So let's continue to pray without ceasing. Thank you so much for joining us today. Take some time now to consider what really stood out to you in that message. God has been speaking to you. What is it that he said to you? If you're in the room with someone else, turn and share with them what stood out to you. And I say to them, how can I pray for you? Share with them something that you love about God and something that you're thankful for this week. Or phone someone and ask them those questions. What do you love about God? What are you thankful for this week? And how can I pray for you? Bless you and have a great week.